What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Recording this on a, a Tuesday, getting ready for a Tuesday night. Orange! <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he's 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 a he's a gem, man. That he's he's pretty special. <laughs> uh, all right, we got some things to get into. Football, a lot of football. Chase Center, uh, but let's tell people, John, this podcast is sponsored. It, it makes money because you make it money. We appreciate that. The support, the the Andrew Luck pod, by the way, that went out Monday was. Uh, like the Greg Papa pod, just highly consumed. God. People like it, you know. People like a good story. I mean, it's just, it's a great story. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't want Andrew Lux to retire every week. But I don't, you know, spread them out like once a month or something. <laughs> uh, so a few, few things here to tell you about. This podcast brought to you by Ease, E-A-Z-E dot com. EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. John, very easy. Very easy, guy. Ease.com. Last night, as I was dabbling in a little Ease.com, promo code ham, delivery to my house. I'm flipping around Netflix, and I get Dave Chappelle, who clearly is also up there dabbling or has dabbled. Uh, just an incredible set. If you if you wait till it ends and go like five minutes after the ending, there's a there's a another show, a special oh. show, so wait till the Ooh. end. It's kind of okay. some outtakes. From clearly, he just went on a tour and they took the best one, but they did cut in on some other ones. Pretty funny. Uh, also, guy CBD. You see Gronkowski pushing CBD. EaseWellness.com. Wherever you live, promo code Ham CBD delivery. If you've already used the promo code and got your uh, got your deal, tell your friends, tell your friends, and then tell more of your friends and maybe your parents because they probably love CBD. EaseWellness.com. Promo code Ham. Also, Ease.com. It's more THC.com. Uh, promo code ham podcast also brought to you by my bookie go to my bookie.ag use the promo code ham and the numeral one double your first deposit up to a thousand dollar first deposit bonus if you want it 
And right now at mybookie.ag, John, the first online handicapping super contest you can jump in. Yep, it's 100 bucks with a chance to win a uh, 100000 guy. But here's the thing. There's a rollover. So if you put in $500, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, they'll give you $500 extra, but you have to gamble. And I think it's confused a lot of people in the past. You can decline the bonus, but you can write in HAM1 to give Haberman Middlecoff some credit. Because, guy... I did not realize this till the other day when I was looking at some lines. We got we got college games and some pretty decent ones on Thursday night. How about UCLA at mm-hmm. Cincinnati getting two and a Nippert. half? That no- As you like to tell me, at Nippert Stadium. I, I've been there, guy. The dogs, we went in. We got uh, Brian Kelly. It was his last year at Cincinnati, and we lost. But it was a good game. We got, we got Georgia Tech at Clemson, 36 and a half point line. I probably wouldn't touch that. But the interesting game, because you've been telling me, Jeff Schwartz, the, the, the people out west have been saying Utah is stacked, loaded, pretty crazy opener. H- Haberman has called this game on Fox Sports 1, no big deal. Yep. SB Nation called it the 32nd best game of 2018. Oh, <laughs> Utah five and a half. You, you got any quick thoughts on that? That seems like a small line for a BYU team that struggled a little bit, guy. Again, on mybookie.ag, promo code AM1. BYU was a big at halftime on them last year. Uh, Utah didn't have to play the game. I like Utah there. Um, but I love. I think BYU has some players that are better than the record. I think their quarterback's really good, Zach Wilson. Uh, remember, he had he completed like twenty straight balls in their bowl game. True sophomore wanted to go to Utah. Yeah, we did. We, most going of us to Utah didn't watch that. Oh, I didn't watch either, but I knew the stat. Um, rivalry game. So you know, in BYU, in, uh, in Provo, in Provo. I almost started thinking, is that where Utah played? No, there's Salt Lake City, and then there's Logan. I, I think I I it's, it's if a I'm cool thinking back to, right there. If I'm th- it's don't sleep overrated. on Ogden, not Daniel Ogden, but Ogden, Utah, home of <laughs> Damian Lillard. Don't sleep on Daniel Ogden either. Uh, producer can be our. Oh, if I remember correctly, thinking back to that game last year, I think there's some. I think it's like seven of the last eight or twelve or thirteen. Like these are single score games. They play each other every year, no matter what. Right. There was a break there. Uh, you call that the whole? You call track. that the holy war? You call it the holy war? Yeah. Well, at least up until about 2023, when people start complaining and it's just called. I actually, the game. don't. I don't know that they call it the holy war anymore, but you call it the holy war. Yeah. That's what people know. It it's. Is. It's. Uh, I mean, for a team that's supposed to be really good, it's just not an easy game to open up against your rival. No. There. No. Just played them. I mean, they just played them in their season finale. What's last the? Year. What's maybe. Head coach for BYU is the dude that used to be at Oregon State, kind of Samoan guy. Kalani Sataki. You talked to him when you did the game? Yeah. Nice to you or are you big time? Yeah. People, uh, no, it was awesome. People say he's one of the greatest people in college football. You've been around him. I've been around him a little. Coach Reed's really good friends with him and used to bring him to the combine. I would imagine, is it Whittingham? That's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle Whittingham, yeah. Is pretty just these, la- these next 48 hours because today's Tuesday. So it's basically the, the equivalent of a normal Thursday. It's starting to get a little on edge, right? <laughs> he's one of my favorite people, John, because he's always like at focus 1,000. He's always on tilt, ready. I sat next to him at dinner once. I think I've told you the story. I've probably said it on the podcast, but two years ago, I was broadcasting Utah's opener, and we had the meeting with Whittingham the day before, and he comes into the coaches' meeting drenched. He had just come from the pool. He does lat. He swims, but he's jacked, so he also lifts. But he swims. It's to keep the fat off when you're getting strong, I think. What, that's right. And so when you're when you're eating a lot of steak, yeah. And so he's just like you know, focused football coach. Matter of fact, I'll never forget. He gets up, water dripping still. 
He wa- he leaves. All right, we good? Turns around, walks to the door, stops halfway with the door, turns back around, holds up the goggles, and he says, sincere as, means it. If you're going to swim, you should use goggles. And then turns and walks out. <laughs> we know. We've all been told that since we were like five. The chlorine. You're just, <laughs> just fucking fundamentals, John. Fucking fundamentals. To me, uh, on just not knowing much about BYU and just following Utah, this feels like Utah... I think they cover. I would take in the five and a half. Now it's just yeah, I, it is somewhat of a guessing game week one, right? But I, I like the. Five it's a and guessing half. game, and they are. I mean, the level of hype that that team's dealing with right now is. So it's easy for BYU to play the underdog. Notoriously, a little, despite being very religious, they do cross some lines. The crowd, you know, it gets a little ugly. So you just tough environment. I, I, I yeah. I'm probably not going to gamble that game. The one I am though, the fickle versus chip. I like Cincinnati. Supposed to be pretty good. They've done they a good job of getting all these bounce year, backs. Yeah. Like, they got all these dudes from Alabama and Ohio State. They got the guy from Harbaugh, but Harbaugh wouldn't sign the waiver, so he has to redshirt or whatever. They're pissed at him. They think he's not taking mental health seriously. But I, I like Cincinnati to kick the shit out of them. All right. Um, so I guess we may or may not do another podcast Wednesday morning. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep feeling knocks. the Maybe flow, we'll guys. Okay. Uh, what do you, want, you want to start with the Chase Center? Well, you were just there. So, I mean, I, I read an Anthony Slater article. I got some takes, but I want to hear your, you know, uh, so, real-life interaction with it. So, I was there today, when uh, Tuesday morning, came out of the bullpen, and did some interviews with just some, you know, Rick Welts, Joe Lacob, Bob Myers, maybe you heard of them, yeah. as John, as you like to say. And, Lo- and Looney. Looney. Yeah, Kevon Looney was awesome. Um, told me about his new place in the city. Uh, Is he an L.A. guy originally? Oh, no, he's from, like, uh, no, he's from like, Milwaukee. Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we did the interviews on the floor, and this was for a thing for Sirius XM NBA Radio was making like a one-hour special out of it. Uh, and I mean, it's incredible. First of all, it's incredible. It's the first time I'd been in the Chase Center, seen some pictures. Re- I read Slater's article also. Um, you know, I think the big question a lot of people have is like, what's the crowd going to be like, and, and will it be loud? You know, it's hard to know. Because I think the question about like Levi's comes up. The w- one thing I can tell you, standing on the floor, a little different for a basketball around, game, right? Than a football game, just naturally. Even if the crowd is super rich, as long as they're there, it's going to be semi relaxed. Yeah, there's a roof. I yeah. mean, that just fundamentally helps, right? Fucking turn up the, the music. noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a shorter game. You need less energy to get through it. Wasn't Belichick claiming the Colts were doing that for years, or someone was claiming the Colts? There was a team in the NFL. Type noise. I think it was the yeah. Colts. Um. So, the one thing that was clear to me, like, both Lakob and Welch made a point to say, we thought for a second about whether or not we'd make this accessible for hockey, too, and decided, no, we, don't, we want this to be primarily a basketball arena and then obviously concerts. And so what it does is it does feel tight, like in a positive, what I mean that in a positive way. When you look up, when you go up to the top and look down, it's like that's a long way down. But when you're on the floor, it does not look that far away. The three levels that are lead up to the roof above the main lower bowl don't look that big, and so it does feel like everybody is right on top of the court. What's the, what's the, every, what's the number? 19, 20? No, I think it's like 18. It's smaller in capacity than Oracle Arena. Because what is, is in Staples like 26 or something? It's huge, right? They, is it that big? They, yeah, they, I've sat at the top of Staples, and it's really far. And they did not want that. Sla- I didn't realize Staples didn't have 26, space. but... <laughs> Well, I guess you, you could, could build up. up. You could go up. Yeah. I, you know, like you and I have talked, like I think smaller stadiums make sense <clears throat> in a day and age where it's harder to get people to go, make the ticket more valuable. I, you've been to Jerry's Palace, right? 
Yeah, that was pretty awesome, though. Yeah, but I mean, that's just, it it's badass. unique with football. Where do you, because Slater talked about the video board he thought was easily the biggest. How do you compare that to relative to, like, the NBA? Because I saw someone tweeted at Slater going, if I'm sitting up here, it'll be hard yeah. not to just watch the video board, which to me isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world either. How big is um, it? It's big. I mean, it's big. Now, it's bigger than Golden One, and that one's big. You've been there. Yeah. The Kings Arena. Uh, this one's big too. You bet. You've been to th- Golden One. Yeah. What yeah. what arena? Just on. It's you probably went for a game or whatever, so it's harder <laughs> to tell. Yeah, I'd say the primary difference is Golden One's pretty big, right? Golden One lets you, you can you like do the lap on the concourse in Golden One, pretty, which I really pretty, like pretty easily because it's so and like big. you can see yeah. So, um, I remember one thing I always thought was cool. I went to Cleveland a few years ago, and they had like little box suites on like behind the floor seats. And so they kind of have that here, um, but I mean, I think the whole the whole thing is going to be like, if are they good enough that people will go, and if so, is it loud? I, I and I think just based on the configuration, it'll still be loud. But see, to me, they're already in a Jed conversation. He sold all the tickets, right? Like they've sold the tickets, so it's just whether. I think the hard part is when you get such a high end consumer. And a little like the 49ers, but on like a, on steroids, you're coming into the new arena. So awesome, so good, being so cool. It's hard to live up to it. And unlike the Niners who kind of dipped that year, they had like field problems. It was more, I remember the field getting crushed more than the stands, though that the, the light fucked them. Like there were just going to be problems that Lakeham, it's impossible for Lakeham to have. The only problem I could see Lakeham having, just because... The price point is so high, but he's already sold them. So he's not, it's not the Oakland A's. Like, they're not worried about selling seats. He sold them all. It's on a night when random teams are there that aren't that cool. If that guy who's paid, let's just, I I don't even know the number, but let's just say it's $500 a seat midway through the lower bowl. Like, is that's what he pays equivalent for season tickets on top of the, you know, separate from the PSLs. He couldn't put that ticket online for 500 bucks. No one's going to buy it. And once you're at that, like, that guy's probably making hot, you know, more than half a million dollars. Who knows? Just really rich. You're not worried about eating the tickets. I think often when you look like part of, even in Philly, which I would imagine NFL-wise, Philly is expensive to go to. The Eagles game, you'll never turn on an Eagles game and see it empty. Because no matter what, even if it's a relative high price point for that demographic, they'll always be able to flip it. Where this... It's at a price point that's so fucking high, and just the nature of the NBA, fans are smart enough to know, especially in this area now, having consumed the Warriors at such a crazy rate these last five years, like how do you sell the the five hundred dollar and it may let's just say the number's even higher, a thousand dollars, the Suns ticket. Like you're gonna be able to if you don't want to go to the Lakers, it's easy. Maybe not easy, but still easy for a high price. I I just think like the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Knicks some of these teams might be a little challenging. Yeah, I, I you know, one thing I was just, wondering... And that, that's a good problem is fan base is just so rich, right? That's a <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, when you privately fund this place, and you and I were talking about this on the phone, like, I don't think you, and I wouldn't expect you to feel bad as the owner, right? You, I, I paid for all this myself. I'm in debt. This thing, we thought this thing, Lakeham said he thought it was going to cost seven fifty when they started. John, they paid four fifty for the organization. They thought the arena was going to cost seven fifty. It cost almost one point two billion dollars. 
or maybe more than that. I think it was one, one, two. Okay. So they paid four fifty for the organization. They thought it was going to cost seven fifty, and it ended up costing one point two billion. Think of the numbers so, you're talking about, too. Like you know, when someone's like, you know, I did a remodel, we had eighty thousand put away, it ended up costing a hundred. That extra twenty was really hard, right? Like that's a typical problem. Joe, I, so this is the question I asked Lego, and hopefully we can get him on the pod. What was crazier, thinking you could build this arena, or telling the fans the night you got booed? After they just watched a team miss the playoffs for 16 out of 17 years, that you're going to win a championship within five years. What was what's crazier? And he said building the arena was crazier. Well, because he's, he's dealing with crazy Bay Area people too. B- building in San Francisco is insane. Building it yourself is insane. Just, just insane on top of insane on top of insane. So one thing I was wondering though, because Bob Myers said um, that he didn't think like one thing. Just talking to him, he said that he didn't think he thought they'd have to like they couldn't necessarily just take the pedal off the foot off the gas like they have in years past because the regular season is going to matter so much more to them this year because they just got to get to the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Like they're not just given 50 wins to start the season now. So here's my question is like, you wouldn't choose to not have Kevin Durant and not be the favorite to win the title and have clay and all that. But is there a chance just the unknown with this team actually creates some interest that helps them in terms of it helps them with just with interest helps people tune in every night and want to see what they're going to do. Cause like, what is this team? I remember the last time Steph didn't have Kevin and blah, 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 he won the MVP and no clay and D'Angelo Russell. Like this is just different. I wonder if initially if they win some games early, if it just helps them because people haven't seen this. Before. Well, I think on the most basic level, anytime you move in somewhere new at this, you know, when you're this popular, like they are, I mean, he's on like a Jerry level around these parts right now. So it's going to be pretty big. I think the one wild card is when do they tip off? Like late October is opening day. You know, whenever. It's usually right yeah, around the, Halloween. The first preseason game is the 5th of October. So, yeah, it's like the 27th, so like real I games. think, that they play the, play the clip. There's a chance that, like, to me, if the Niners are winning, then they'll take a little thunder away just because football will be a really big deal in this area. If you tell me the Niners are 2-6 and six when they start playing games, I'll be like, well, people are – I mean, that I just make me cringe thinking about yeah. it for business reasons. I, I, I my, know, my point is, though, just the, the consult, like if the Niners are like looking like a playoff team, I'm not saying it takes anything away from them. I'm just saying he could, if, if the Niners are done, like it's clear, they are not going to the playoffs, they'll be a big deal on Sunday, but I, people ain't going to live and die with it. They're just not. Uh, we, we've seen, we saw it last year. That's not, I, it's just, I, I'm very confident on that. But if the Niners are in a playoff race, you just go to the Warriors. It's really cool to do on the game, but you're not maybe living and dying beside the super, super diehards with the NBA on like the minutia. Uh, now it's cool to watch D'Angelo Russell and you know Steph kind of in FU mode and what's Clay status. But I think if the Niners are done, he just gets to be kind of the king, big dick for the whole season. Yeah, d- definitely. But I even think if the Niners are good, there's just some element of like Tuesday night against the Grizzlies, like you said. Like what what does this team look? But like? But that, that's Steph happening. That's happening no matter what. You know, people are checking it out, and they're going to do good TV ratings, and people are going to be, you know, just yeah, casually uh, yeah, consuming. no, 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 and that's because they got a new toy. Exactly. We agree they got ultimately. a new toy. It, yeah, exactly. Like I, I just, I just remember when Kevin, it was clear Kevin was leaving. Like, oh, this is not good for the Chase Center. You didn't win the title. You'd love to be going in with the title, but actually, this, I don't know. Glass half full would say maybe this creates more, uh, more interest, just in the sense that it's it's more of an unknown. Did you walk to the players' locker room? I did not. That part, I think they showed that to some people yesterday. Where they have to walk up I, the stairs. You should, that's not done yet. 
I did. Yeah. What'd you think of that? Well, I mean, I, it's, it's one of those that's hard when you're reading it, you have to visualize it. I, I can't have some take on it without walking it. Cause it does sound yeah. a little weird. I mean, part of it is like what Jerry asked his players to do is a little weird, right? They wrap way around. They walk through fans. Jed kind of did it, and then they just scrapped it. They don't even do it, right? <laughs> so it's one of those when you're kind of walking through players and walking downstairs or walking through fans. It's one of those things that sounds really cool. You know, like when you're in the meeting room, when they're putting it together, you're trying to be different. And then in reality... Well, the Cowboys, you know, they don't, they just, it's a straight walk, but it is through people. It sounds like the Warriors kind of are through people slash downstairs. Oh, I, see, I didn't get the impression they were through maybe people. Maybe not through people, then maybe. There's definitely stairs. I think I, my guess is the stairs go up from the locker room yeah, it's lower. to the arena. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it's the other way around. I think it's lower. Um, I think the, the locker room is below, so you got to walk yeah, up I the think stairs. Yeah, I think but, it, so, but is it like five stairs or is it like a pretty steep set of, you know, warm? right, right. Not ideal. Although I will say, um, you know, the one that blows my mind is Oregon football, like one of the greatest facilities on earth. They have to walk down two flights of stairs from their locker room to get out to like the practice field of the stadium. That's new, isn't it? In their new. Yeah. In their. It, yeah. When I went there, they wasn't were, there. But John, they're in cleats and there's 80 of them. Like, at least these guys are in sneakers, and there's 15 I, I, of them. So, I think you see in college football a lot of stuff like that, right? Just because they built these crazy I'm just facilities. saying that yeah. is actually, to me, like, semi-daint. Like, NBA players in sneakers, as long as this, uh, Yeah, how many sta- – you're right. Is it, like – But how many, how many like, college football players, you know, like, carry their sliders to the field and put them on the side? Or do you think a lot of them just uh, walk in their cleats? No, I think they go in their cleats. Yeah. They clickety-clack they down the steps. It's cr- True story. It's kind of nuts that in the history of these crazy facilities now in college football, no one's taking a tumble. So, I mean, I, like, I read that, too, and I was like, that's not ideal. Because remember, at Oracle, when but, they would but run up just, the tunnel. I just think you're limited with space, right? No doubt, yeah. Oracle, when they'd run up the tunnel, like, there were some fans right there. That, that's kind of, I guess, what I was assuming. Not necessarily like Jerry where they're in the bars. Because remember, when we first got to Levi's, you assumed that the, the, the 49ers, because the locker room's over there, was going to kind of walk through the bar. But then it never ended up happening. You're like, well, they could do it kind of like Jerry, but they just... Because they were going to come out at midfield, right? Yeah, they just don't do it because then I think Jed realized, well, we're on the other sideline. It almost feels like... I think Harbaugh didn't want to do it. Wasn't that part of the deal, too? But it didn't really make sense. Like, Jerry, where they walk out, they just go to their sideline. Where the Niners... I would be shocked, guy, if the 49ers... Just a couple of their little things where they've gotten nailed on. Now, it's not all apples to apples because grass, the sun, will have zero effect. But just the the Warriors were just other people's mistakes. Even the Giants 20 years ago, they had the benefit of the doubt. Of. Plus, how many new arenas in, in the NBA over the last like 15 years? Because I say what you want, the Kings organization been a debacle. That arena is badass. You walk in, you're just like, this is badass. If you didn't know, if I just put you in the are- inside the arena and it was just, it said like Lakers on the bottom or Heat on the bottom, you would just be like, this is a big time arena, right? The golden one. Right. And I, people kept telling me, telling me, and I finally got to go, was it last year or two years ago or whatever, and you're just, whoa. You know, it's, it's, it's sweet. That, it, is it, does it feel as open? Because when you walk into the golden one, it, it just feels very open. It's sweet. Yeah, it's not. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like Golden One, you can basically circum go go around the whole concourse and still, it's di- it's different. 
I mean, yeah. you can walk. There's a there's a hall because there's a hallway. Then when you're on the sidelines, at least on like the higher levels, they've got a bunch of stuff like on the ends. The uh, there's a cantina that's pretty high up. That's like wide open, just hangout space. What well, one one, I think trend we'll see, and we've been hearing it a lot, but I, you're really going to hear it this year because you really saw it with Jed, and I, it'd be interesting if you were in like L.A. The way they talk about this movie, they don't, just don't even give a shit. Like, one of the knocks is going to be like, oh, the, the fans are just so rich, they're not quite as loud. Like, that's kind of the nature of these new stadiums. Like, most people, especially even around here, like, the guy making hundred and fifty grand can not afford sweet seats. Like, the guy who's going to be able to afford the lower bowl when Levi's open and definitely when Chase open is going to be a higher-end client, is going to be a higher-end rich guy. That's just the nature. Now, like, no one's ever said, like, the Lakers – or don't yell loud enough, and clearly it's really expensive to go to a Laker game in the lower bowl. We see the the type of clientele they have the first couple rows, let alone like just the fifteenth row at a Laker game when they're good. How much do you think those tickets cost? It costs a shitload. So I, I, I think that's an easy kind of narrative for people to hammer. Oh, it's just too rich. Yeah, it's just that's how the business. That's how this whole thing works. Back to the luck thing. Talking about the fans, like the the nicer your stadiums cost. The, the more we move forward in society and time, the more expensive things get, the more money you have to charge. The one thing that's starting to bother me is when I see media people talk about preseason games, like, why? And I listen, I hate the preseason. We all universally say the preseason stinks. The moment, like the other night, the Raider game, we all changed the channel once they went to 80-yard field. Like, it's, it's awful. But this notion of they should only charge $10. Well, they're charging whatever they're charging now throughout the league. And same with the NBA, which I harp on a lot. Like, God, their tickets are really expensive. People pay. So if if I could charge quadruple what we're charging for ads on this podcast and have no issues with our partners, and they're just like, oh, everything's great, I would do it. <laughs> but I'd be risking that it might not work well for us and we might lose them. Like part of... You, if you were losing season ticket holders and all these businesses in the NBA and football, they would lower the prices. Clearly, they don't have to. You know, Lakeup, there's a reason he can put his price point probably at the highest price point ever, uh, you know, put up for sale in the history of sports right now, right? <laughs> the lower bowl, what a seat costs, like row two, is higher in the history of sports ever right now. And it's a unique situation, but he charges that. Why? Because he can. If he was somewhere else, he he would have to lower the price. Yeah, and one thing, too, I think that I didn't quite know until I started just reading some stuff. Remember, the Yankees got nailed for this when they moved because it was always kind of empty. Well, it's like, yeah, their fans are a lot richer. They don't have to show up. Yeah. They still, well, but, it's still kind of empty sometimes if you flip on a Yankees game during they, the week. They are. One thing Rick, Wel- Rick Welts has said, and I he didn't say this to me, but I read, read he'd said it before is that ticket sales are the biggest driver of profitability in the end for an NBA team. Like the number one thing they do sponsorship dollars is second ticket sales is number because one because their TV stuff is not as crazy as the NFL. huh? So that's by far, it's really important for them to make money on. It's not, well, let's whatever, we'll play the games and we'll put them like the NFL's preseason. It's like, there's nobody there. Yeah. Whatever. People are watching on TV. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's where they get their 250 million per team guaranteed. Beside all the right. other well, shit. I also, yeah, and I think also it's like... That's an interesting... The NFL I, I didn't is know all, that. Makes sense. I didn't either. I didn't... Yeah, I didn't either. Because wouldn't you but say the NFL that the NFL is all NFL's... nationally televised games, too. Yeah. So NBA is local. 
local locally televised game. Yeah, so getting people to your arena, averaging a sellout every night is a big deal. Yep. It's why when you think about the teams that have made the most money over the last 20 years of the internet age, the Lakers have been really good. They sell out. The Heat, the Knicks, even though they suck, always sell out. The Celtics, that, that was a big advantage. I bet if you dove into some of the stuff, like why the Kings had to leave Arco Arena, is like you start not selling out in an arena that already doesn't make that much money, you're in major trouble. Who's that a great? It example? doesn't make money. Yeah, Th- yeah think yeah. of think of like think of how far the Raiders were falling back. Like every team in the league's making that two fifty. I was thinking about this the other day, and I, we've talked about this before. But then all the other money they're leaving on the table that everyone has just lapped by them in the last ten plus years. Like the amount of money over the last five year stretch since Jed moved into Levi's that he has made that Mark has not made while they also get that same amount of $250 million check every year. Well, then Jed, How does Jamerse just leave it less like, oh, keep the 30 mil? Well, the, yeah, wouldn't, right? that wouldn't happen in the NBA. And honestly, it probably wouldn't happen in baseball either just because the money, even though those are big businesses, like that's still a large amount of money to any business. It shows you how stupid guy the money the NFL is making right now. And we, we saw it firsthand with Jed. He went back-to-back one-and-done coaches. You can only go one. Like, when you and I probably grew up loving sports in our youth, we saw a lot of shitty managers, shitty basketball coaches, shitty football coaches last probably a couple years longer than they should have because they couldn't afford to get rid of them all. That, that, to me, I bet if you looked for the 50 years of sports from, like, the 50s to, like, the late 90s was a big reason coaches got extra time. You just couldn't afford well, to fire them. And Jim Tom Sula wasn't making much relative, but Chip was. But, you, but guy, you just start adding it up. Well, if Jim's only right. making three and a half, four, and his, his couple coordinators make a million, like that's still like, you know, and they got a couple year contracts. This is not just throwaway money. I mean, we talk right. about it like it is. Yep. It's, it's a big deal. You don't see that many one and done coaches in the NBA, even though after one year, a lot of people are like, uh. You definitely in baseball, it's got they don't pay anything to the managers now, so it doesn't matter. Look at college football; they start paying these guys so much money, and their coordinators, and they got the buyout because it's all kind of intermixed in the athletic department. You see a lot of coaches get quote unquote that extra year, or hell, maybe even an extra two years, unless some big dick boosters like, yeah, I'll just give you a ten million dollar check, get Larry Fedora out of here, right? Right. But you see it all the time, like. If someone would have cut the $20 million check, Gus Malzahn probably wouldn't be in Auburn. But it's like, God, we can't afford to pay the buyout, pay him out, fire all his coordinators, and then what do you have to do when you do that? Well, then ideally you want a better coach. What do they usually cost? Money. Yep. So now, Honestly, if Lacob, if they, which it sure sounds like they've nailed this, they're going to operate like an NBA team. I mean, they already kind of do. But just the amount of profit. Now, I bet Joe would tell you, well, we do have a lot to pay back because we paid it all, right? Yeah, yeah. that's why they have 200 events a year. That means they have more non-basketball events than basketball events, not counting the postseason. I would be fascinated to sit down with Jerry and just, I think once you own your own stadium and you've done it right, it's a fucking game changer. I remember vividly one day, I used to work out like a couple times a week in the morning with the Eagles and our president Smolinski, Don Smolinski, who's still the president of the Eagles, would always be, he was a big, tall, skinny guy, always just probably there like 530. Actually, actually would not work out, excuse me. I would just show up to shower 
before work in the morning. I would just and hope to make a business connection <laughs> while you're there. But I, I don't know. I just showered there because I could sleep a little longer. Like we'd usually get them around. Oh, Middlecoff showed up at seven. Yeah, I'd be out of bed by like six forty, but I just have my clothes right there, drive right to work, hop in the shower. And I remember him telling me one time some of the numbers. Wait a second. You would get out of bed, put on underwear, pants. No, shirt, no, no. I would just socks, get out of bed shoes. in my like eagle shorts and t-shirt. Oh, okay. and basically just get in my car, drive like ten minutes to work, have like the slacks and polo See? in the locker, and shower there. You want to know one of the benefits of being bald? That's that's one. But even if I wasn't, like, I could have wet hair. In my it's not like it's a football. Yeah, office. but you hadn't showered yet. So what are you gonna do wet your hair after you get out of bed? Uh, uh, I'm saying you get out of bed, roll right in. I guess you could throw a hat on, but you look kind of you could go bald. No one knows you just rolled but, out of bed. But if you had to go, like, you would shower in the morning, right? If you were going to work, right, right. But I'm saying if I rolled out of bed and then went to work before I showered to shower at work, I'd have to do something. I'd have to put a hat yeah, on or I wet my you. hair first. So he just. This was probably in like maybe 2010, 11, and the Eagles built their stadium in like 2001 when it clearly changed Jeffrey Lurie's financial life and turned them into one of the league's elite cash cows. It's not, I mean, the football is clearly a big deal. Every major act, like Jed's now kind of getting and Staples gets and, you know, Joe's going to fight to get, he gets in Philly and they immediately like Taylor Swift and they cut Taylor's boom. Here's 2 million bucks or whatever. The, these numbers are just crazy. Well, if I'm cutting you seven figure checks, think of what I've just made, right? When I have access, well, I get the parking. We'll give you flat. Like they love giving the flat rates. Okay. Taylor, what's the cost to give you, you know, tonight? Oh, three and a half million. Okay, cool. We get, we get, we own everything. We'll cut you a flat rate, take care of everything. And you make an easy profit. We're making six. I don't even know. I bet the Niners, I mean, the Niners are doing the same shit. WrestleManias, the Kenny Chesneys, the Rolling Stones are just cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. That's where Mark Davis, all these guys in the league, and a lot of these guys in the NBA are just been going cha-ching, 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 as the internet age and everything has changed. And I mean, it's just they, they have so much goddamn money they don't even know what to do with. And some of these owners, like the D- Davises, and there's probably still a couple of them in the NBA, Definitely in football, you know, that's why Dean had to latch on to Kroenke, uh, Mike Brown. that just have no money. Imagine being in the you, you get You get all this money. Like, use that money and then make more money with the money. That's what everyone else is well, doing. I think a lot of people, you know, just some of my friends in business who are much make a ton of money will just tell you the major difference is just some people have balls and some people don't. Like, a, a lot of – they're just naturally a little scared. And they're scared to change, one, and two – they're just terrified to like put their own money, right? Just to, just to make like their own risk, and that's what a lot like you see Mike Brown or even Mark Davis. Like Mark, you if you guys would have ran your business better, you could have just done all your own risk, even in Vegas, and financed it and fucking owned it all. But they just that's not how they operate. No, clearly the Spanoses wanted no part of being like the lead dog, you know. God. That's what, but that's in like Joe. That's why Joe, like Jerry. They're wired like that. Like, I want to own the whole goddamn thing. Like, Hell yeah. I, I don't want to answer to a soul. That's where the Niners kind of, I think, butt heads is because they kind of had to do a deal, mainly because at the time the Yorks just didn't have the cash. They, you know, they're a little, you know, dependent on the city of Santa Clara. It drives them nuts. Like, you know, you got to turn off the lights by 10. Well, fuck, we got a concert going here. We can't go to 11. But that's not even anybody. But, no one even lives by the they, stadium. They, I don't they, get it. It pisses them off. But at the end of the day, they do know. Like, well, 
we did sign up for this. It's just yeah. a way bigger pain in the ass than we ever thought. Um, we were going to talk about Dante Pettis. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't do much for me right now. But I got something that I think you'll like better anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I can talk about whatever you want. All right. So I can't believe we haven't talked about this. But AB has tweeted about Ben Roethlisberger, John. Well, did you see Roethlisberger Sunday Night Football? The most Roethlisberger interview ever. And we've been telling you this podcast forever because we listen to his like local podcast, his local interviews in Pittsburgh. We're like, this guy is nuts. He says shit that no one notices. Roethlisberger. Did you think when he said I, I was wrong for going to AB, but then immediately pivots to say, well, I did the same thing to the, James Washington as well. Yeah, yeah, fucking Ben. He's a rookie who had James really called playing. me afterwards and thanked me. Yeah, so it's like at the end of the day, he didn't say it, but you know, he's thinking like I did the right thing. That guy was just kind of a pussy to my his reaction. I didn't necessarily a- take it like that, but I know it was a sneaky shot. Like when I was watching, it, oh, I, it didn't quite I, hit me. Honestly, that's, you, it yeah, hit you it, immediately when you saw yes, him say that. Because, because this is how I'm conditioned to th- how we've conditioned ourselves to think about Ben. So Antonio Brown has tweeted John Tuesday, never friends, just had to get my ends, dot, 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 shut up already. Retweeted the video of Ben. Not like, didn't subtweet. Retweeted the video of Ben talking about his friendship. Never friends, just had to get my ends, shut up already. So I didn't like you. I just pretended to to get my cash. Shut up. Ruined a friendship. It ruined a friendship. That's what, Sorry, I just I was listening yeah, to it myself. Oh, because obviously we saw what happened, and obviously it ruined a friendship. They just got caught up in the emotion, the heat of the battle. Whole experience. Well, I think the thing that that AB's got going for him here is Derek is not that guy. Well, not 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 to that extreme by any means, but I do think there will just could be some comments that just get a little weird. I mean, Derek's been king of just some comments that trying to be the good guy. He just. Nowhere near Ben. Like, Ben is malicious, I think might be a fair word. Like, he's he hates, like, he clearly a lot of people don't like him. Derek is not that way at all. Though, he consistently says some things after the game that'll just be like, I could see where it drives some people some nuts, including Antonio Brown. The one thing in that Tafoya interview, because remember, Antonio Brown had the hilarious interaction with the shop when he said the motherfucker threw it to the defensive lineman and he blamed it on me. Well, in that, maybe Michelle kind of prefaced it or Ben did. I can't quite remember where he said the route Antonio, part of the reason he threw it to the defensive lineman, because Antonio wasn't supposed to be deep, right? He was supposed to just come flat across, like behind, right behind the defensive line. So I think it was Ben. So he, in, he indirectly kind of called him out there too. Like he ran the wrong route, which to me does kind of matter. Like, is, is, was Antonio just doing his own thing? Like if he legitimately ran his own route or did Ben fuck up? I, I would like to know... And I guess Todd Haley, yeah, he was already gone. Only the players and the coaching staff would truly, and Antonio, and Antonio probably at this point would never admit he screwed up, and Ben would never admit that he screwed up. So you'd probably have to get like an un, like a Mike Tomlin. Like, whose fault was this? I would be interested to know whose fault it was because that would at least give me a little clarity because there is a chance Antonio Brown ran the right route, right, that Ben fucked up. But I can't take Antonio Brown 100% seriously to think that he didn't just kind of do his own thing. And maybe Antonio, if he was just normal, like a Larry Fitzgerald, he'd be like, well, I was going to run where I was supposed to, but there was so much clutter, I kind of ad-libbed. We've been playing together for 10 years. I think he'd see 84 white jersey and not throw it to the defensive lineman. 
And then I'd go, I I would side with Antonio. Like, Ben, you're a fucking Hall of Famer. Like, make an ad-lib play. I, look, I, I, what we, you and I, think about AB has long been established. Um, that th- That he creates a lot of this stuff. But I think what is just repeatedly clear is that he... Did not act. Oh, this act alone. There was not a lone shooter in in this situation. No, he did not act alone. I almost said in Pittsburgh, and then I realized there was a shooting in Pittsburgh, yeah. so maybe I shouldn't use that. But you're not Dave Chappelle. He, he, no, no, I'm not. It's the problem on Twitter. People think like, oh, comedians say it. I can say it. Ah. Um, but uh, he did not act alone, and you know, I. Well, is there going to be another controversy with Antonio Brown? Of course there is. Of course, of course, something else is going to happen with the Raiders, but it seems like Ben just made, now they've been together a while too. This is year one here, but just made things worse. The, what do you think about the ratings in Pittsburgh being the highest in America? Like more people in any city watch it in Pittsburgh than any other city in America. Well, it did country. what? Like, oh yeah, I, the, this, I was going to say the Steeler game the other night did like a what did it do like a thirty? I know that's not what you're talking about, but just as an aside, didn't it do like a thirty-four on well, Sunday to me, night football? So it, I think that's a great just forward into this conversation. The Pittsburgh Steelers mean more in their community, or as much as any team in America, any sport. Like do basketball, Alabama football, fucking Yankee, you name it. Now the the demos, the amount of people changes area to area. The Warriors in the Bay, forty whoever, the the Dodger, you name them. They they are on par. I don't know how you could separate just because. It's not apples to apples, the amount of people you have. But that team means a a lot. And at the end of the day, Antonio Brown, in the history of their franchise, I'd have to Google how many Hall of Famers they have, but they don't have one guy. They have countless Hall of Famers. They are one of the highest level franchise. When you just say the Pittsburgh Steelers, you immediately just think like, damn, the Pittsburgh, you know, the Miami Heat, uh, the New England Patriots. Like you just think now the, the, I was going to say the Giants, but we'll see, hopefully back. But I was going to say the Dodgers, but they haven't really won. But the highest level franchise in sports, right? Duke basketball, whatever. They, they're going to care. Like, the fans didn't fuck up the relationship. They, they loved that guy because he was kicking the shit out of everyone for everyone. So, yeah, that, if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan living in Pittsburgh, you bet your ass I'm watching hard knocks. I want, Especially when Antonio Brown's their biggest character. People are trying to, like, rip him like they're keeping tabs on him. No, I just think they're, the fans probably like the guy. How many Antonio Brown jerseys they sell the last seven years? Be like if yeah, Steph, but, it'd be like if there was a Hard Knocks for Basketball and Steph Curry was now on the Miami Heat and the it's, Hard Knocks it's, for Basketball was on the Miami Heat, they're going to watch. That's exactly what I was about to say. And I think part of it, too, is you just want to know, like, this thing that was good ended and you want more insight into why it ended. Yeah, like, just because you're watching doesn't mean you're on Team Ben anti-Antonio. You might think Ben's kind of a clown, but he's just your quarterback, so you deal with him. Like, all those people watching, everyone thinks, like, oh, they're just all in Roethlisberger's you know, back pocket. No, I bet they probably, both those two guys drove him nuts at times and they loved watching Antonio play. I mean, why, why, how would you not? He's had six straight years of 100 catches, 1,000 yards. Can you imagine being a diehard Steeler fan and having that dude on your team while your team's making the playoffs every year? Like, that's my dude. Like, we're going, I'm going to, that's, that's, that's my guy, right? It's, it's like Steph Clay and Draymond around here. Now, they didn't win a championship, but that, that franchise just views themselves as champions. So, yeah, we didn't win it, but we're a Super Bowl-level team, right? Right. So, it's like, right. yeah, you can – like, I don't know if the Yankees are going to win the World Series or not this year. It doesn't change the way their fans think about it. Like, that's – Right, and, and if they don't win the World Series, it doesn't make them wrong. Yeah, like, loser fans – like, if the Browns go 9-7 and seven and don't make the playoffs, 
it'll be interesting with a franchise like that. <clears throat> you know, like the, the Steelers, the Patriots. I wouldn't even Seattle. I wouldn't even say looks like to me. The Steelers are on a level that's just the Niners aren't on that level anymore because they haven't been going to the playoffs for the last twenty years, really. Beside Harbaugh, like the Steelers just win. Our thirty-five years of life, all they've done is win. And before you and I were born, you know what they were doing? Rattling off Super Bowls in the seventies. So it's like they just view themselves. Yeah, we're just winners. And this guy was a big part of it. He was one. You know, you you could argue there were times over that six-year stretch where he was he was their best player. You know, Roethlisberger, because he's a quarterback, is more important. But that game, remember the game that he had against the Raiders? Roethlisberger got knocked out of the game because Alden fell on his foot. So they had, like, Landry Jones come in. Like, a lot of those catches happened with Landry Jones. Remember, like, Roethlisberger legitimately got hurt because he got rolled up on by Alden. I just kind of remember that right now. I I don't know what time of the game that. It might have been, you know, toward the middle or the end. But definitely not all those catches came from Roethlisberger. Like, Antonio's an ass kicker, and in his mind, going to dominate whether Haberman throws him the ball or whether Joe Montana throws him the ball. Like, it doesn't matter. And we're about to find out if that's true. Now, it's not like he's playing with Case Keenum. I mean, Derek has been really good in this league. Like, a high-end, like, was an MVP consideration. Anytime, to me, you have an MVP-type year, and you do it throughout a whole season, and you legitimately might have won the award if a, something catastrophic didn't happen, like week 15, 16, or 17. I just, people write guys off like that too easily. Like, his ceiling is just pretty high still. And that's why I'm kind of bullish. I, I think the Raiders' offense is going to be really good. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, now, are you with me, though? Like, do you have the, do you have the passion to talk about Dante Pettis needing to play with more urgency right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just... I actually thought he was decent the other night. I, 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 I'm not going to be able to judge him until some games start. All right. We won't make a topic out of it like we were planning yeah. to. Are you okay with calling uh, that audible? Yeah, for sure. Let's just talk okay. about Legacy Box. Uh, let's talk about Legacy Box, John. Let's talk about it. It's very easy. Here's what you do. This is what you need to know. You go to LegacyBox.com slash ham. You get 40% off your first order. Order of what? Your Legacy Box. What's that? Great question. You, like us, stuff all around, old VHS tapes, TV uh, uh, memories, right? Old photos from childhood, grandparents, parents, whatever. Uh, it's time to digitize. It's time to move forward, be, be state-of-the-art like the Warriors, and get everything in a digital form, preserve your family's history, and do it with Legacy Box. Guy, be your family's hero. That's the way I look at it. Go to LegacyBox.com and be your family's hero. Because I was at my mom's house the other day, Saw this VHS in the uh, in the garage. Said the uh, sheriff of Critter Creek. It was a play that we did. I think in third grade. Do you know who that sheriff was? John Middlecoff. The entire. Oh hell yeah! yeah I was the sheriff, and uh, I actually should. I'm going to go grab that and bring it back and put it in my box and send it to legacybox.com/ham because there's never been a better time to digitally preserve all of your memories. Visit legacybox.com/ham today. Get started. Plus, guy, for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to legacybox.com/ham. Get forty. Percent off. Yeah, preserve the past. They really all the work's done in the U.S. They value your stuff, so you put a barcode on every item, so everything is accounted for. They uh, they digitize it by hand. You get everything sent back. You get updates all along the way. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Do it for the generations that follow. Legacybox.com slash ham forty percent off. Um, okay, you want to get some NFL odds since my bookie is back as a sponsor. Oh. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Faux shizzle. 
Uh, you know, where do you want to start? Do you have one? Um, I, do, do, I got, you got one? Yeah, I wrote down a couple okay. interesting, just uh, the segment. Of, I just picked a couple. What I did was just go and pick, like, started with Defensive Rookie of the Year, which works for us in this area because we had two players drafted in the top five that are defensive players. And you could even say for the Raiders, they got two first-rounders. I mean, uh, is is Jonathan Abram a better option than Cleveland Farrell? But here are a couple names I wrote down. Nick Bosa is 7-1. to one. I, I, I don't like him at all just because I, I don't think he's going to play enough. I think Lynch said the other day, might have been on KMBR, that it's like 50-50. Like, guy, he's not going to play week one, more than likely. I'm not expecting him to play week one. Quinn and Williams, 10-1. to 1. I think the problem is for like a defensive tackle, you'd, it'd probably have to be a double whammy. Your team would have to win. I don't know if you need double-digit sacks, but you'd probably need like eight or nine. That'd probably be a stretch. To me, the guy that jumps out is, I think Carolina actually might be pretty good. This guy's already got a couple sacks in the preseason. Brian Burns, dude from dude from Florida State. Yeah, I saw really that. athletic, like can bend the edge. I was just like, damn, this guy is legit. And then Josh Allen, uh, he he just I was texting with Flip the other day, just asking him about him because I saw the highlights. He's like, God damn, this he dominated the game. Like who I I forget who they played in the third preseason game, but he was everywhere. And you know, he's still a rookie, so you just he said he's still learning the spots, and he's lucky because they got a bunch of other good defensive players. But I had another guy text me this morning that he was like listening to a pod from like last week, NFL guy, busy, and he's like, God, you know, the the Raiders should have taken Josh Allen instead of Quinn, uh, instead of Cleveland Farrell. He clearly can play four three defensive end. Mm. And just watching him the highlights, again, I'm just I'm kind of helicoptering in. The highlights of Josh Allen looked pretty awesome. Now, the, the question on Josh from my NFL sources were just like, is he some crazy love of the game guy? And if you're not a crazy love of the game guy as a pass rusher, it can expose you. But it sure looks like he's playing with a love of the game. And he's just equipped. Like, the one thing Brian Burns and Josh Allen are going to be helped from is they're just going to probably be on good defenses. Think of the guys playing around Brian Burns. They signed Mike Daniels once the Packers cut, or no, excuse me, Gerald McCoy once Tampa cut him. Keekley's still one of the best players in the league. Eric, they signed Eric Reed, who's been pretty good for him. Ron Rivera is just a defensive coach. Like they typically have good defenses, and same with Josh, Josh Allen. Even probably fivefold on top of that, like their defense is way better just talent wise. I mean, he's playing around Calais Campbell and Umdakwe and all those corners and Miles Jack. That I, I'd keep an eye on those two guys: Brian Burns fourteen to one, and Josh Allen nine to one. I it, okay. We'll get into to make the playoffs because is there a chance the Jaguars actually are a little more interesting now? Leonard Fournette, yeah, they skinny. are. Before, so I, there's a guy I want to know his odds because there's a guy I like for offensive rookie of the year. I think he's already off to a good start. You want offense? I want T.J. Hawkinson's odds. Because that's who I like. Okay, TJ Hawkinson, 25 to 1. I like that, John. Which, like, for example, the top guy is 1.5 to 1, Kyler Murray. I would agree. No, see, yeah. And I just think it's going to be hard for him as a as a quarter, rookie quarterback. It's just, to me, like, it doesn't... Well, this, it's pretty clear who the safe like, pick is going to be. It's a running back. You go Josh Jacobs, the starting running back for the Raiders, who might have a good offense. He's 6 to 1. Like, that's that's a safe bet. Right, yeah. Because he could. Is it crazy to yeah. think that Josh Jacobs, the Raiders went seven and nine, had a top offense, 
Jacobs runs for 1,200 yards and gets 60 catches. Like, he just has a really good season. What's Nikhil Harry? 16 to 1. See, TJ Hawkinson's longer odds than Nikhil Harry. Yeah, that's... Like, not even that close. Like, I... Like, to me, T.J. Hawkinson's walking into an offense that, is, as long as Matt Stafford's healthy, is always good. Well, how often on, like, Sunday at, like, a— And he's going to—like, th- he's been throwing to him. How That's often at Sunday at, like, 1145 when you got, you know, the Raider and Niner game on one TV and you got Red Zone on the other, when the Lions come up and they're just flinging it to, like, God, who, who is that guy? Is that—, is that what's well, his name? Who's that guy? They, they score points. That is the one that hurts is where, like, what's his name goes to the Colts and all of a sudden is fantastic. Yeah, Eric Ebron. Yeah, but he was kind of different. Like, this guy's a little more complete. Ebron's much more of a receiver. Now, the problem is Ebron is just an elite player now. <laughs> like, Ebron's an all-pro-level pass catcher. He's going to, I mean, well, we'll see with, I guess, luck gone. That's that's a problem, potentially. His value diminishes a little fantasy-wise. How about, you know what my bookie has, John, is odds to not win the Super Bowl? Okay. Like you can just bet it minus uh, minus forty thousand on the Dolphins to not win the Super Bowl. <laughs> what are the Patriots? The Pats are minus nine hundred. God, I mean, so the odds that that to me is terrible. I I got a good one for you. <laughs> That's that, that wouldn't even be fun to bet on, would it? <laughs> Two. How about this one? Two make the playoffs. To me, the only way that's fun, by the way, is if you bet the Patriots minus nine hundred and you got money to burn. You just need you just you need to feel something. Yeah, but even then, like the risk of them winning the Super Bowl, so you'd be betting like nine hundred dollars to win a hundred for them not to. Yeah, win Yeah, yeah, it's Bowl? awful. It's just it's only if you need to feel. <laughs> yeah. But I would just bet on them not to win against the team they were playing. That, I know. That's you're right, but someone's betting on it to make the. How about this? Okay, give. Yeah, okay, what do you got? Well, I was gonna give you one more here. Like you can bet any Super Bowl matchup. So you can bet like plus two hundred and fifty thousand that the Cardinals and Bengals meet in the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, like but what's like Chiefs Saints? Uh or- see, I don't have this I only have to Packers to the G's. So I don't have I I gotta scroll a little more, I think. Or maybe I need another page or to sign in or whatever. But like uh let me try and find you a good one here. Cowboys Chiefs is plus five thousand. See, that's that's not terrible. Okay, let's. How about this? Two okay, make real stuff. Two make the playoffs. Two make the playoffs. Yeah, you can also. Yeah. The great thing about two make the playoffs, like for example, uh, I'm trying to find a really good team, like the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs, for example, two make the playoffs. You got to bet four hundred dollars to win a hundred. To make to bet against them making the playoffs, you get really good odds, right? So it's just good teams, but there are a lot of teams kind of in the middle. So three teams jumped out to me. One is the Panthers, that I think they've been made, they made the playoffs two straight years before last year when Cam Newton fell apart. Christian McCaffrey is might be my sleeper to win the MVP beside the quarterbacks. I, I think he's. I, I listened to a Peter King interview with him, and I just I, I'm kicking myself. You know when you hear those like scouts go like I had to look back, I realized why I missed. The league remember because I thought like you know I wouldn't take him in the top ten, and now it turns out he's Julian Edelman. Well, if you could do it all over again, like what Julian Edelman has, like he's a Hall of Fame level competitor, and he's like he's not a Hall of Fame slot guy, but he's a damn good player. Christian McCaffrey had that when he came in the league, but he was also a running back, and he has like the fire and competitiveness and drive. Like he was not going to miss, 
I just yeah. didn't quite, running back that ran between the tackles. Yeah, I just didn't quite realize the true importance of catching it from that position, and it's really amplified these last two years. I think I'll give you a bold take. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer guy. I think Christian McCaffrey has a chance to be a Hall of Fame NFL player. Mm. And uh, th- just hearing him with the Peter King interview, Peter King had back-to-back interviews like over the training camp. It was just Richard Sherman and Christian McCaffrey. You're like, oh, that's a pretty smart little stretch interview. Uh, the Panthers, plus 170 to make it. I, I, I just think there's a decent chance if Cam can stay healthy, which he's already hurt in the preseason, but you told me that you read that he's going to be fine for week one. And I mm-hmm. think they said it wasn't like he could have gone back in the game if it had been a, in a, a regular season game. But it's just, you can tell, a little luckish that just he gets hurt a lot, right? He just, and his injuries kind of linger. Another, and I, I wouldn't have loved this before Luck's retirement, but what about the Jags? Uh, Leonard Fournette looks like a new guy. I mean, he was so he looks skinny and he's running guys over. I get it's the preseason, but to me, I'm not looking stats and shit. Just what does he look like? And he looked fast. He looked explosive, and he looked he looked pissed off because he should be because he embarrassed himself last year. They got a new quarterback who's just a huge upgrade. Their defense. People forget like they they got the top pick in the draft and a guy that many people thought could have been a top three player fell to them at six. So if that guy's really good to go with them, Doc Way, to go with their really good secondary, they could be really good. And I, I think one thing we know is they don't have some huge question mark in Doug Marone. Do you know what Doug Marone is? Is he a top 10 coach? Maybe not, but he's a good coach. He's very good. Or he's good enough to if your team's good to get you to the playoffs. I have much more faith in him than like half the coaches in the league. And here's one, and I'm struggling with this one. Because I know uh, our guy, J.B. Long, tweeted at me, thought I was nuts crushing the Rams secondary. I'm not as confident in the Niners making the playoffs anymore. Seattle, a little bit of a wild card if they traded for Clowney. I think they'd be better. I still don't love their roster. I think the Rams are just the most consistent organization right now. Just have the least weird shit going on, even with some of losing the guys. But you would just bet, well, if McVay becomes the next Bill Walsh, he may miss the playoffs one time over the next like eight years. It's not that crazy, right? Like, beside Belichick, most coaches miss the playoffs every once in a while. You could get them miss the playoffs like plus two forty to one. So you basically bet a hundred, you win two forty. I think the Rams to win the Super Bowl are plus thirteen hundred. They just had that here. Well, like the the Saints are plus like. Do you, don't you with seeing that how shitty the Niners have been feel much better about the Rams winning the division? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's kind of where I fall. And wouldn't you feel I differently do. if I told you? Because someone tweeted at me. I don't. I don't know if the Texans would do this, but with Lamar Jackson going down, like a second round pick and Rashad Penny for Clowney. What if I told you Seattle did that? Send Penny and a second. Yeah, for Clowney. Uh, they couldn't just get him for a second. Maybe they just don't even like Penny anymore, and they they just, they just need a running back. In uh, then, how about straight up without the second? Well, that's not you can't do that. Can you do a third? But your second really is like wanna... pick. You know, if you're a good team, it's going to be pick like fifty five. That's true. They'll have a second when they trade back with their first anyway. You, I mean, Penny's not quite, but it's closer to AJ Jenkins than it is, you know, trading for like Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean, you, you, there's a chance in two years we'd say you had the chance to trade Rashad Penny with value and you didn't do it. Yeah. Like, there's a chance he's just a royal bust. 
And if you're the Texans, you're going to trade this guy anyway. You might as well just get a chance to take a flyer on a guy. You just need a running back. Lamar Jackson, did you see the highlight? His knee went the other way. Like, first play of his first snap of the preseason. Mm. What are the uh, what are Mahomes' odds to win the Super Bowl? Is he the best odds to win the Super Bowl? To win the Super Bowl? Sorry, the MVP? Yeah, 5-1. to one. Pretty dramatic okay. odds. What's Brady? Uh, one second, I... I guess I could pull it up. Here are the ones that I wrote down that I like. Were Mahomes, okay, yeah. Were Mahomes, who I'm starting to believe wins it. Like I think there's a decent chance he goes back-to-back. Do you think I'm crazy? I think he wins the MVP. You think he wins the MVP? I think Pat Mahomes wins the MVP again. I, I'm starting to think that as well. I, I'm thinking about putting a little money on it, to be honest with you. For some reason, it won't load when I click the MVP. So, I have... I got Mahomes. I like 5-1. to one. This is a little bit, not like Lifetime Achievement Award, but their team could just be good, and their offense could be really special with Hunter Henry back, Keenan Allen, the peak of his powers. Their offensive line's better. Mike Williams, a really good player. Phillip Rivers, I mean, if they were to win the division, let's say, you know, go 12-4, and four, or let's say thirteen and three, and they're the one seed. Could Philip Rivers be the MVP? I, yeah, he could. He'll be. He could. No, yes, he could. He, he every year he's got a chance. You feel like going in, and then Baker twelve to one. What's what's uh, what's Breeze? Well, I can't pull it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Baker twelve to one. I don't hate that, actually. Yeah. So that's like I want to not think that the Browns are going to be good but I because everyone thinks they're going to be good not because I hate them it's going to be hard for them to be bad though because their offense is so elite their pass rush is awesome guy I was watching the preseason game was yeah. it like Friday everyone's talking about their offensive line though yeah but they can also run the ball like they got Nick Chubbs a stud they traded Duke Johnson they got Kareem Hunt coming back after eight games but you can have as long as you got Nick Chubb and then a couple other random running backs they'll be fine they, they they got a quick passing game. That's the other thing. They they can just run slants and shit to like Jarvis and Odell. Their offense should be awesome. But to me, their their curveball is their pass rush. Miles Garrett looks like Khalil Mack, but like spunt, like a uh, flexible more. Like he can bend. I forgot they had Sheldon Richardson. Oh, I also forgot they had Olivier Vernon, which who's not a bad player at all. I think we just like oh that guy's just a bust in New York. No, that guy's pretty good pass rusher. He's not probably twenty million or whatever he ended up getting. I think it was like eighteen, but he's like a twelve million dollar player, and I think the Browns got him for relatively cheap. You know, because a lot of the bonus had been paid. You know, they got him like year three of that big deal, so they're like, yeah, we'll give you a third round pick for the guy. We have a bunch of money anyway. Might as well use it with this guy. And I'm telling you, anytime you get a guy like that, that kind of people have been shitting on, and then he gets to go to a team where he gets to kind of just blend in because he's not their best pass rusher. That's where it gets scary. I'm telling there are going to be some days, some Sundays, where the Browns, like their high end is like, did you just see the Browns score? They won 42-7. to Who'd they play? The fucking Ravens. I mean, they're going to have a couple just nights like the Yankees offense where they just score 18 runs. You mean the A's offense? Yeah, but not against the Royals. I'm, I'm saying against good teams. Like, they're going to have a couple games this year where they— Well, who, all right, so here's their schedule. Tennessee. They, they could do it. I well, mean, Tennessee's typically good on defense, but they're secondary. At sucks. the Jets. Yeah, that, that could be. I, I would probably happen at home. Monday Night Football. Probably happen at home. That's Monday Night Football, too. That's a pretty good Monday Night uh, game week, too, isn't it? Su- the, the Sunday night against the uh, Sunday Night Football 
at home against the Rams. That could be pretty explosive. At the at the Ravens on a Sunday afternoon, uh, Sunday morning, West Coast. How about this? Like at underrated. The Niners on Monday their schedule's football. not easy. No, well, no, and they're on national TV all the time. They're on. They they have they've got Monday or Sunday night football three times in the first five weeks of the season. So we're gonna have a pretty good feel. The country's gonna have a good feel for the Browns by about October first, yeah. huh? That, that is that a little extra pressure for a franchise like that. Like you're getting thrown yeah. to the nation. Yep. It's one thing to play just games at ten or one o'clock, right? It's another thing like you're on Sunday night football twice. Now, yeah, well, I can't no, flex once Monday night twice. Okay, so that's definitely not flexible. Well, it's weak. They're all before. I'm, I haven't even got to mid October yet. Like that's they go at the Niners, at the Jets Monday night, Rams Sunday night. That's in the first five weeks of the season they play those three games. Well, I mean, if this goes as planned, maybe Baker's going to have to get everyone on his team a box of awesome. Boxofawesome.com. Promo code HAM. It's that easy. Promo code HAM for 20% off your first subscription box. You're constantly on the go. You're like Haberman and Middlecoff, grinding away, hanging out with friends. Not a lot of time to think about upgrading your style, your apartment. Maybe the little guys. That's where boxofawesome.com comes in. Guy, each box goes for under $50 on Box of Awesome, but has over $70 dollars worth of value and obviously with our 20 percent discount you're saving a lot of money the first of each month you'll receive an email with your box details you'll have five days to change colors sizes or add extra goods to your box if you're not feeling that month's box then simply skip it from barrel aging kits which i just got limited edition cigars weekend bags also got that one uh classy dop kicks uh to huh do you know what a dop kit is guy no, I, didn't, I haven't got I'm one. I'm going to have to Google that Google one. It, though. Uh, Box of Awesome, just essential goods, guidance for the modern man. Oh, again, you know, I actually, yeah, I did get a DOP kit. I guess it's like a toiletry bag with a bunch of stuff in it, which I did get, like like body wash, hair cleaner, uh, oh, that's, shampoo. Oh, that's shampoo. I love a good DOP kit. Again, to receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com, enter promo code HAM. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code HAM, 20% off your first box. Go do it. Yeah, what's what's great about it is it's not like you're not getting stuff you don't want. They, you go online, you see what's going to get sent to you. You can either change if it's a shirt, change the color, change the size, opt out of it. So you get to look online, go boom, want that, want that, want that. Great, and then it gets sent. Or you go ah, not feeling it this month, skip it, and it gets skipped. So you're not dealing with stuff that you didn't want to begin with, but they're just putting stuff in front of you that you might not have otherwise found. Boxofawesome.com promo code ham twenty percent off your first box. A uh, couple NFL headlines here to fire away on. Get a couple. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? Let's start with this. This is just a quickie. Uh, what, Bill Belichick pretending like he pe- – people took it like he didn't – like he was pretending like Andrew Luck wasn't worth uh, his time, which is how it got interpreted when he was like, I don't know. I don't really follow He's a good player. I don't really follow him. I saw it and thought, I'm guessing he texted Andrew Luck because he probably thinks he's tough as hell. But <laughs> uh, Patriots came out and said, yes, he's aware of it. He just didn't the, – the question was asking him something different about like what all went into it. He wasn't going to get into that. Very on brand for him. So I, I thought it was – like you told me this is one of his top five answers. I, I'm with you. It was one of the ballsiest because it's like, whoa. Like I know they, they – Turn him in for deflate. They game. have been firing – They've been, yeah, they have tried to sink your franchise. Yes. But, man, it's Andrew Luck. He didn't do any of that. No. I, I, I would be shocked if Belichick didn't 
send him a note, but it, I, I refuse to believe that he didn't do that on purpose, so I'm going to take it for what I originally thought it was because it makes it way funnier for me. Yeah. John, I mean, I'm with you. He, he's smart. He is smart. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Because here's what happens in those situations, even if you haven't gotten on Twitter or even in some wild world in which somebody hasn't texted you and said, holy shit, you know what happens when you're Bill and you're about to walk out there? The PR guy leans in and says, just so you know, Andrew Luck retired. Like, they tell you that. Yeah. You might get asked about this. Be ready. Sources say that's their job, right? Sources say if they're good, if they're worth their salt. Do you think I'd be a pretty good PR guy? You just get to read cool shit going on on the internet and just tell your coach about it? Is that really all you do? And then send out some, like, you do have to be careful when guys get arrested and shit. You got to be ready to move. I'm not. I wouldn't be good at that. I'd be like, you yeah, probably have to idiot. dial back on. You'd have to dial back on Twitter a little. I do not speak for the team. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't. But you got to be big on like when a guy wraps his car around a telephone pole, super wasted, and you know that like he blew a 2.0 and you know just a bad guy. You release like we're still gathering all the facts. We do not no, point yeah. the finger. I mean, but here's I, what I like, tweet like that guy's an idiot. I'd cut him right now. It's not my call. See, I think you'd be like a good press secretary when they just you get to go up to the mic and you get to spin zone for, you know, like I'd something be good crazy happened be, with John Lynch. I, yeah, I'd be good at that. John Lynch has to talk. Yeah, I'd be good at that. But you know, you would you know twenty just just give me twenty minutes in front of the media. Let's go. Who yeah. we got? Bob. What you got, Bob? Kawakami. Bob, bring your best fastball. Tim. God damn it! We, I told you my favorite we, restaurant. We, we, have, we have told you guys over and over. When we know, you will know. We do not have the facts. When we get the facts, we'll give you the facts. And then you can relate them to the people. Even though we don't necessarily need you anymore because we got a Twitter account with 3 million people, we can just tweet it out. You'd be like, save it. Like, where do you want them to go? Yeah. All right? You, 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 you want them to go to jail? All right? You don't want them on my football team? All right? That went viral yesterday. I think that's old. Uh, it, it is old, but it was good. Jadevian Clowney fired his agent. Bus Cook. Was that Favre's agent forever? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, the client situation has been a debacle. There's no way around it. And I, I don't necessarily blame as much on Clowney. I put a little more on Bill O'Brien and the Texans. Is that under no circumstances should you have played this out this long. You know, because ultimately, like last year with Mac, they probably should have traded him at the draft. Right? Because they would have got the same thing. Like, who knows? The, the Bears might have given them the eighth overall. They might have had Roquan Smith. And or Aunt McGlinchey and Roquan, who knows, right? You always want to have the capital as fast as possible. They've waited; they're probably going to get less than they would have. It's just a situation that would have been a, like to me a well-run team is not in this situation, and this speaks to Bill not having a GM forever. It just it it, it took too long to play out, guy, which was just unnecessary. Like I just don't, I don't. So I was just reading Florio's thing. Even okay, if he comes back and signs his tender, you okay. can't trade him. Or I mean, you can trade him, but he can't sign an extension. So whoever trades for him, he has to. He just he has to go sign the tender, just so you can officially trade him. You can't officially trade him without him signing the tender. So so the theory, so our theory then being, you think he fires Bus Cook because there would have been no drawback. What was the drawback to signing the tender and then holding out? Or not showing up. Yeah, that, that to me would have been the move because if he would have signed the tender before that deadline date, that would have enabled them to still make a trade. And now, then the team acquiring him could sign him to an extension. But now, think about, why think are you about gonna the risk. acquire him? Like if you're Seattle, do you feel great about giving your second round pick for a guy that you can't officially sign till the end? And I texted a couple people in the league. They're like, well, 
you could do some like quote unquote unspoken deals, but we all know this is big business. It's really risky on both sides because what if Clowney tears his ACL? You're like, fuck it, I'm not paying him. Hey, you know that Clowney? I know we promised you a little wink, wink, 70 guaranteed. Hell, 80 guaranteed. Well, wink, wink back because that wink, wink is done because your ACL is torn. What if, (laughs) what if he blows off his hand while playing with fireworks before signing his tender? But I'll give you a but give you the best case scenario for him. What if you trade for him? He hasn't blown off his hand like JBB. That you trade for him, he he gives you a wink, wink. You feel good. He has he has an elite season. He becomes the defensive player of the year, twenty sacks, and it's just you go to the playoffs, and he now asks for a historic amount of money. You're like, well, well, I will say this: th- there is no way that a player in the NFL, given the way th- the lack of leverage NFL players have would not maximize his value. That said, if Jadavian Clowney was a free agent, the Seahawks just might pay him the most money anyway. Well, and if you so, just had him and he kicked the shit out of everyone, why wouldn't you feel good You would just him? pay him. You would say, oh, you want more money than Khalil Mack? Well, okay, that's what someone's going to give you. We'll give it to you because we like you. So maybe the theory is just get him here, even if we don't, he'll kick ass, and then we're going to pay well, him. Well, think about this. Look back at the Bears. Would the Bears have traded what they traded for Khalil Mack if they couldn't immediately give him that $90 million? And they just had to let his fifth-year option play out, right? Would they have given two first-rounders for a player that oh. they couldn't extend? You couldn't. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. you couldn't risk it. No. Could you give a one, though? And just. Yeah, I mean, the flip side to that is, would you give him that money as a free agent? Would you give him more? If the alternative was give him more money and don't have to trade the picks, would they have preferred to do that if you were a free agent? Give Khalil more than you gave him, but also not have to trade anything back. Like how much more? Like 140? Yeah, well, that's the question. It's hard. Yeah, would I rather I give him 110 and still have the picks? Yes. Wouldn't you? Right. Yeah, I... I Depends um, what the number got to. To me, that's where, like, if you're Seattle, uh, would you do a second... Would you do the trade you suggested, a second and penny, if you can't extend him? I'd think about it, Yeah. So would I. I. I would think about it. But to me, this is what... If I'm comfortable just making... If I'm comfortable just making him the highest paid pass rusher in the league or defensive player in yeah, the league. Yeah, this is where it screws the Texans because no one's giving you a first-round pick. Exactly. Because the risk is too great. Injury slash that he could just screw you. He doesn't... Why would he have to keep his word? Because he's like, we've made it. Now, I don't know what the rules are because you're all, you always could fall back on, well, we'll just franchise you, right? Well, then you'd be in the situation again that he's just in. He's basically the equivalent of a franchise tag right now with this fifth-year option. He's pissed off. He wants a long-term contract. Uh, here's one I've been – a few people have asked me this. Like, what do I do in my fantasy draft with Zeke? And it probably – it applies to Melvin Gordon, too. Should I draft – is Zeke going to play? I'm like, hell if I know. You don't think he's there week one? Uh, I don't know. I think he's there week three. Do I think he's there week one? I, I think – I, I don't think he's going Le'Veon. I'd be pretty shocked by that because it didn't work out that well for Le'Veon. But Le'Veon was going to be a free agent. Zeke has two more years on his deal, right? Yeah. I, th- they play the Giants week one, so you, if you're Zeke, probably going to win with or without you. Jerry is a deal maker, though. I think in a perfect Historically. world, you want, you want to get it done by the end of this weekend. That's, that's a busy time for this in the league right now, when you think about it, that I think the fantasy question is interesting, but like the, the final, the finality of Melvin Gordon and Zeke, 
Like, are, are, are they going to be not at practice when Monday of next week? Because guess you know what happens after this weekend, guy? The fucking season starts. Thank God. Well, you know, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. We are eight days away from opening night, Thursday night. When you say it like that, it doesn't sound like it's that far away. When you tell me there's preseason games this weekend, it sounds like it's... it's for, well, especially when it's all the shittiest games all on Thursday. <laughs> well, did you know... Yeah, I said this weekend. Did you know there's one... Like, all the games, the fourth preseason game, they're all, like, three-point lines, except for one... Is a six-point line. The Ra- Ravens, uh, who do they play? Are the Ravens minus six? The Ravens are minus six against the Redskins. Well, you want to know why? It's because Trace McSorley's pretty good. He's been throwing like a bunch of touchdowns in the preseason. I bet he's starting that game. It, RG3 is no lock to make this team. I think Trace is going to be Lamar's jack. Like, Trace McSorley is getting starting quarterback uh, love in Vegas. Because I bet they're thinking, like, well, what if he throws three touchdowns in the first half? Teams are so shitty in preseason, ha- the Redskins won't be able to match it. I'm telling you, guy, I watched... Oh, uh, there's, a, there's a few other four... There's, some, there's a couple four-point spreads. That's a good analysis. Well, there. I would imagine it's the backup quarterbacks are decent. Like, give me some other four-point spreads. Well, Niners, favored by four against the Chargers. Well, they got better backups than them. Who's the Chargers' backup quarterback? Uh, Geno. Uh, Cowboys, uh, no, no, Tyrod. But I just, do you think Tyrod's even going to play in this game? I, I wonder. Oh, that's if right. And shotgun. Yeah, I bet it's just. Uh, yeah, I bet it's just twelve gauge. Twelve shotgun gauge. Kelly. Uh, uh, Cowboys minus five against the Bucks. Uh, Jacks minus. Oh, there's actually a handful. Okay. Minus fours. Yeah, I'm not going to go. Uh, Lions. Uh, Browns are minus four and a half against the Lions. Can you name the Cowboys Browns backup quarterback? Sorry. I mean, I, I don't know it so. Is it Matt Barkley? No, but he's the Buffalo Bills backup quarterback. Is it Kevin Hogan? Uh, I think he's out of the league. Is it? I don't think you'll ever get it. Do you have it in front of you? You don't think I'll ever get it? No. Seriously? Yeah, I mean. Is it someone I've heard of? You've definitely 1,000% heard of him. Has he been in the league long? Yeah, he's probably been 10 years it's just kind of an obscure player you know just uh played on a lot of teams okay uh matt flynn's not still around yeah but he but but he's in that vernacular um mm. who is it uh drew stan i wasn't getting that yeah see it's just but then you know exactly who it is but you just never would have got it Mm mm-hmm that's correct. Okay. Uh, so what do you tell people about Zeke? Draft him or don't draft him? Uh, I, I think I would be a little scarred from last season. I would too. I, I think it's risky. That's why you play Daily Fantasy. You'll know by you know Friday night. Because DraftKings, we'll play a little game next week. You know what I meant to tell you? I did. I texted you this. I meant to say this. on the. I was thinking about this on the pod real quick before we wrap it up the other day. That I wanted to say it because I was not going to tweet this. Uh in the in the aftermath of Doug Gottlieb's tweet, is Gottlieb's competitive greatness to leave that tweet up amidst like Troy Ake Gottlieb puts that tweet up, it's a freaking firestorm. Twenty four hours go by, and Doug maybe thinks shit's about to calm down. And then out of nowhere, Troy Aikman retweets him and uses profanity. What was a what was a profanity use? I think he said bullshit. Okay. 
and just reignites the flame. And now there's a lot of like, I stand with Troy. Like, yeah, okay, great, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for thanks great. for that. Well, but Doug Gottlieb through it all has not deleted. I, I, and, and this sounds like sarcasm. I thought the tweet was bad, but I do stand. I truly like. You tweet what you tweet, man. And well, if you well, put it out there, you put it well, out there. Because, and you stand by Because, it. Guy, you know what you realize? And I, I watched his rate. Like, he doesn't necessarily think he's wrong, one. And two, once you delete the tweet, you're just going to reignite the flame again, too. So there's no point in deleting it. The problem for him is that, like, every – someone texts me. They're like, did you see Bo Jackson weighed in? I'm like, no. Well, yeah, he was the one that said, I stay with Troy. <laughs> oh, he did? I stand with Troy. <laughs> oh, thanks, Bo. Uh, <laughs> that – you know, Tory Smith quoted it, you know, taking a shot at credit cards. And Doug had a good point. Like, if you, we're just going to bring up this 23-year-old thing. We can bring it up at the end of time. Like, it happened, whatever. Yeah. But Tory Smith quoted it. And then I just saw randomly, like, yesterday, I just saw Kevin Durant retweeted Tory Smith. Obviously, Kevin Durant, how many followers does he have? Like, 20 million. It's just, it, yeah. the occasional just random, like, LeBron James or Kevin Durant just weigh in, just reignites it at such a high level. <laughs> I saw Bet- Beto Duran, who I've known for a long time in L.A., tweeted like, at Doug Gottlieb, can you untag me? I keep- My replies are blowing up just because I got tagged in a tweet with you. It won't stop. I saw, I saw Nagler say the same thing. It's like, well, of course, we all probably think the same thing when he tweets that. If you chime in, you leave yourself open to just being in the, f- in the fire on shit you don't even care about 24 hours. Like, just how about this? When everyone's shitting on a guy for something, I mean, not that serious. Like, come on. I mean, that, that's the problem with social media. I, I didn't chime in. So guess what I don't have? I'm not involved what? in my comments. Neither are you. That's right. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we'll see if we do another Wednesday. Maybe, maybe not. But this, is, uh, this was good. Adios. Later. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.